0: of you this morning, thankful to be able to be gathered with the brothers and sisters this morning. This will be the 15th message in this series on we are. Mm -hmm. This morning I want to consider we are not the children of the bond woman. Yeah. The text is taken from Galatians 4:31. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. It's Galatians 4:31. The NIV reads, Therefore, brothers, we are not children of the slave woman, but of the free woman. Now, the background for this text, as you would probably know already, was that it is written that Abraham, this is Galatians 4.22, Abraham had two sons. The one by a bondmaid, the other by a free woman. The bondmaid was Hagar, was Sarah's servant or slave. She had a son, Ishmael. By Abraham. And Sarah had a miraculous son. Yes. Therefore, it raised he who was a, of the bondwoman, the child that was born to the slave, was born after the flesh. Mm-hmm. That is, this birth was because of what men, humanity, decided. Sarah and Abraham. Now, they weren't charged with sin for this, you understand, because their motives were pure, but they, were, they didn't know. Mm-hmm. And so the, the wrongness of it is illustrated not by a charge of iniquity, but because the bond slave's son didn't partake of the inheritance, mm-hmm. yeah. which was the whole point. The free woman says by promise Isaac was born because it doesn't say because God made him be born, although he did. It, it was by promise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When God promises, it's cast in stone. Amen. Amen. The only way it wouldn't come true is if a person stepped outside the perimeter of God's will. Amen. Now, verse 24 says this, which things are an allegory, For these, Hagar and Sarah, these are the two covenants. These are the two covenants. The one from Mount Sinai was gendered to bondage, which is Hagar. Allegory, that word means another way of saying it. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to touch on something that has been... an objective of mine for many years to learn to think of more than one thing at a time. Now think of what you've got you're called upon to think upon. You're called to think upon Hagar and Sarah. Then from that we're going to proceed to Sinai and Jerusalem. <laughs> and from that you're going to come more to not inheritance and any inheritance. You've got to think of all that at one time. Yeah. You want the Word of God, so much of the Word of God is in you that you can make these parallels on the fly. Yeah. You've experienced this. Maybe you haven't thought about it, but you've experienced this. You'll hear something, you'll correlate it with something else. Now, the reason this is this way is that when God created the world, He projected His... Uh, nature into the creation itself Amen. so that you can see what God made and think about something about God. Mm-hmm. Now the carnal mind sees what God has made and that's what they think about mm-hmm. see? But here you think you see you, you see Hagar oh you think about Sinai. Mm-hmm. you see you hear about Sarah, you think of Jerusalem. That's because the nature of God is embedded in everything that's made. In mankind, there's something, there's some, I don't know what the proper word, traits the the similitude of God's nature embedded in men. And in the relationships people have with one another, the nature of God is embedded in that. That's what's involved in making man in the image of God. Because the things of God are are too high for us to see them without these similitudes and likenesses. Mm -hmm. That's what makes the things understandable when you see them this way. Now he continues in verse 25. He says that this Hagar is is Sinai in Arabia. Think think how specific that is. He didn't say "This, this Hagar is like a mountain. It's not what he said. that Sinai in Arabia, that mountain. Mm-hmm. And that answers that mountain answers to Jerusalem. So here you, you've got to proceed in your thinking from Hagar. Mm-hmm. Then you've got to bring into your thought processes Mount mm-hmm. Sinai. And then you've got to bring into your perception Jerusalem, which at that time... Was it, was it, was free. The real Jerusalem was in bondage with her children now. But the Jeru- there are two Jerusalems. See, so you're thinking Hagar, Mount, si- Mount Sinai, Sarah, Jerusalem, and the Jerusalem yeah. above. You've got a, <laughs> all these associations. Yeah. Why? Because it takes that many associations to open up the truth. That's yeah. why. The truth is not made known like with a single statement. Now, we've, we've, you've experienced this today. We've had statements of Scripture made. And in your mind, you you assemble a whole lot of things in your thinking that awakens a whole lot of things. Why? Because they're all related. That's why. Mm-hmm. It's because God's nature is in creation. God's nature is in humanity. God's nature in a full in a fullness is in the Scripture, so that everything in the Scripture has to do with the same truth. Yes. Amen. And Jesus, he said this, he said, the Scriptures are they which testify of me. Amen. Search the Scriptures and you see they testify of me. Amen. And then the, an angel told John on the Isle of Patmos, he says, the testimony of Scriptures, the Testimony of Jesus is the spirit of Scripture. That's what it's about. Mm -hmm. So God invested his fullness in Jesus. Then he invested his fullness, I'm not sure about the fullness part, but he invested much of himself in nature. And he invested much of himself in mankind. And he invested much of himself in the cities that men built. No wonder you read statements like all in all. Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> now the Jerusalem which is above is of a different spiritual gender. It's not like the Jerusalem and the earth. I don't question that there's some some likeness actually and in insofar so far as it's compartmentalized or whatever you however you want to say it, but it's it's for one thing it's permanent. And the Jerusalem on earth is temporary. The Jerusalem above is free. There's no there's no restrictions. There's no enemy. The Jerusalem above has no inimical forces. Yes. Which means sin is like impossible because the thing that causes sin and that promotes sin isn't there. Mm-hmm. Satan's not there. Flesh and blood's not there. Demons aren't there. Principalities and powers that are wicked, they aren't there. See, there's, no, there's nothing to cause sin. That's why it's not there. It's, that's why it's free. Yes. When you get into the domain of truth, you'll, you'll be able to learn a lot of things by what holy men of God have written that they've seen. But it always will be Partial. And godly writers know it's partial. It's always partial. You want to be able to assemble in your thinking larger thoughts than the thought that, than the thought that you read. Yeah. Yeah. You accept that, but you've got to fit that in with everything else you know. Amen. And the validity of of Bible reading, the validity of it, is if what's said Amen. fits in with what Scripture says. Amen if it doesn't throw it in the garbage can it isn't any good Jerusalem above is free which is the mothers of us all so the Jerusalem that is above does some begetting so to speak God is our father he's the father of us all but Jerusalem is our mother Mm -hmm. and she's free now a brings another scripture into this matter. For it is written, Rejoice, thou barren that bearest not. Break forth and cry. That's a cry of travail. Thou that travailest not. For the desolate... In this, this is Isaiah. Take it from Isaiah 54. This desolate is the depiction of Jesus. The desolate hath many more children than she which hath a husband. And then the 54th chapter tells them to enlarge the tent. We've got to enlarge the tent. Mm-hmm. Because we're going to have more people than the tent is made for. Which means Jesus is going to have more. Yeah, that's right. amen. Jesus is going to have more. In the end, if you compare the people that are out with the people that are in, the people that are in are more. Yes, amen. That's right. And there's a great harvest coming at the end of the world. See, we've the world has only experienced a first fruit harvest, That's right. mm-hmm. but there's a there's a final harvest, harvest of souls. Mm-hmm. It's going to be so significant. It's going to be like the knowledge of the Lord is going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Amen. Yes. <laughs> and in Ezekiel's vision of the miraculous waters. A few, marshy, a few marshy places weren't healed. Yeah, that's right. So when this knowledge of the earth covers the earth, the waters cover the sea, he's not saying that every single person alive is going to be converted. That's not what he's saying. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a few places that aren't. Mm-hmm. Just to confirm that this is happening in the world. Right. But the thought of the immensity of the saved, of the number of the saved it's challenging to think about. We're told that it's, it's a multitude no man can number. In the end, in the end, and men can count pretty high, it's a multitude that no man can number. Yes, now they tell us that a third of the human race has died in infancy. Well, that's a pretty good start right there. Yeah. And then there's... Uh, there's people that have been slaughtered when they were infants. I think yes. babies in, that's in right. Egypt, that's that's another. Uh-huh. There's people that didn't have all the reasoning capacities. It's, there's no sign that those people are going to be damned. So that's What I'm saying is that you could just mathematically count it up and you'll run out of numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'll completely run out of numbers. And then as if that's not enough, Peter tells you that when Jesus... Body was in the grave and his spirit was in the abode of the dead. He preached the gospel. Mm-hmm. Hmm? He preached the gospel to those who were disobedient in the flood. Amen. Now, he doesn't tell you enough to write a book about it. That's right. That's a lot of people. I pondered my own thinking. I wonder how many people it were it was that died in the flood. Some people say about two hundred thousand of that. That doesn't, doesn't sound right. Right, right. So I decided to mathematically develop a a guess. So I figured if the human race doubled once a year. Okay, you start out with two, and then next then four, and so and I, I, so I got on my calculator. I had to have a calculator that had stored a large number. Well, I ended up over six thousand years. I used six thousand years with eighty-eight trillion. Now I don't. I know there were people that died, but it, it was enough to tell me we're talking about a lot of people. Yes, yes. Let me talk about the New Jerusalem and the aggregation of the saints that no man can number. We're not talking about little numbers. We're not even talking about a known number. That's right, man. That's right. yeah. Now, see, all of that's embedded in this, uh, in this allegory, this likeness. Now, after telling you that, he says, now, now, we, brethren, he knows that most believers, even back then, didn't know who they really were. Now, we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. Mm-hmm. That's how you explain how many Christians there are. He doesn't say, now, we as Isaac was, we're the product of good evangelism. That's not what he says. Even though we there was some good evangelism. We understand that. Mm-hmm. But that's not the cause. That's not the cause. The promise of God is the cause. Amen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the cause. There shall be. He, that's the cause. So whenever there's a lot of converts, we rejoice and we give glory to God that He used, God used that person or persons. But as then, just like Abraham and Sarah and Hagar, as in he that was born after the flesh, persecuted him that was born after the Spirit. Even so it is now. The Scriptures tell us that Ishmael persecuted and agitated Isaac when they were young. Mm -hmm. And as a result, Ishmael had to go. And his mother. Mm -hmm. God ordered them to go. Why? Because they weren't part of the inheritance what saith the Scripture? Now, this is, this is hard for some people. It should, I don't think it is for anyone here, but this is hard for some people. What saith the Scripture? See, God invested Himself in the creation. God invested Himself in mankind. God invested Himself in Scripture. What saith the Scripture? This is what God said. Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. <laughs> well, that's a very real situation. Now, think of the uh, how this son of the free woman, son of the bondwoman, Hagar, Sarah. Think of the of the. Uh, Differences between New coverlet and Old coverlet. Think of the differences that are listed in Scripture. For instance, mm-hmm. flesh, yes. spirit. Mm-hmm. Old, new. Yeah, right. Earthly, heavenly. Mm-hmm. Natural, spiritual. Death, life. See how these... Uh, temporal, eternal, law, grace, by works, by faith, slave, God's free man, bondage, liberty, the God of this world, the Lord of all, written on tables of stone, written on the heart. See, it's every, it's every, it's every place. Every place in Scripture, we're reminded of two different orders mm-hmm. the spiritual order and the physical order, heavenly order and earthly order, the divine and the human. Every place in Scripture, this is brought out. Even in the law, and then in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, which there are some in the uh, charismatic movement that preach this today that the promises of Deuteronomy 28, all of which had to do with the earth, there wasn't one single promise in the law that had to do with after you die. There wasn't one. Mm -hmm. Not a single solitary promise Mm -hmm. was for after you die. In Deuteronomy 28, he lists the blessings and the cursings. There's 13 blessings. Every single one of them had to do with while you're in the world. Every single one of them. And they they had to they were you didn't get one of them if you committed one sin. Thirteen blessings, if you read the curses, there's twenty-nine curses. <laughs> More than than twice as much as more than twice as many curses as blessings. What's that telling you? Getting absorbed with the world, this is not the thing to do. For one thing, you're not able to keep the law perfectly. That's a wild way of stating it. You just just have to break one commandment one time. The promises are all void. One commandment, one time, all the promises are void. Now, there were early attempts in the church to revert back to a system of law. And uh, this whole incident shows that they didn't start out with 100% understanding, the early church, even though they had the apostles there, they had the prophets there, but they did. it didn't start out with all of the things known. It didn't start out. This situation happened. Certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren. Mm-hmm. The brethren. And said, except ye be circumcised after the manner of Moses, you cannot be saved. Well, maybe that's really easy for you to accept. Even though you can't find a sentence From Genesis through Malachi, that tells you that circumcision is going to be done away. Mm -hmm. Moses said that all the people God was going to circumcise their heart, but he didn't say the old fleshly circumcision was going to be done away. But that law was done away. Nobody knew it in the early church. The apostles didn't know it. The apostles got together, the elders got together to discuss this issue. Because they didn't have the answer. And this is some years. This is 30, 40 years after Pentecost. Mm -hmm. Maybe even more. They didn't have the answer. So they called them together. And they went about it a very discreet and wise way. Mm -hmm. The first thing, Peter spoke up. He said, now you know that men and brethren that." God made choice among us that I should preach the gospel for the Gentiles. And I did. And they received the Holy Spirit just like we did. Mm -hmm. Now, wait a minute. I can distinctly remember several years being taught that only the apostles received the Holy Spirit, baptism of the Holy Spirit. Some people took it too far. We didn't people I was with didn't take it at all. He said they received the Holy Spirit just like we did. This is an apostle talking and he had six other people with him and they they probably were apostles too, just like we did. Though so they can't be rejected, then Paul and Barnabas took over and they told how they preached to the Gentiles and the Gentiles were all baptized they all received the Spirit. And they were all godly, holy people. And it, it convinced the people. I could tell right away they weren't from the 20th century. This is, that wouldn't have convinced hardly anybody in, the, in our society. But it convinced them. So oh, Then God has given them repentance unto life. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard anybody describe conversion that way? Have you ever heard anybody? Maybe you have. I, I have, but it's been a long time ago that we were, we were converted, that God granted him repentance yeah. unto life. Yeah. Peter preached that on the day of Pentecost. He says he has exalted him to be Lord in Christ for to give repentance. Yes, amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's one of Christ's first acts is to give repentance. Mm-hmm. And when they saw they had been given repentance, that ended the controversy. Mm -hmm. Then these people were very concerned about the Gentiles, so they got together, they wrote letters. James put it all together. He wasn't even an apostle. James put it all together. He said, they disagree the words of the prophet. I'm going to raise up the tabernacle of David. (laughs) Nobody knew what that meant. James knew what it meant. He said, This is fulfilled. That God's rebuilding a different kind of temple. That's right. Amen. When God told David he's going to build a house, he wasn't talking about the temple in Jerusalem. He's talking about another house. Amen. Solomon built the one in in Jerusalem. Amen. Now, so. uh, that's how they resolved that situation. And then when Paul and Barnabas went on this missionary tour, it was to deliver these letters to all the Gentile churches. That's what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Now, Paul mentioned this to the Galatian church that had been deceived into practicing circumcision again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And here's what he wrote to them. Galatians 5, 2, through 4 Behold, I, Paul, say unto you, that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. Mm -hmm. Let let me read that again because that's a a very poignant statement. If ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. Mm -hmm. For I testify again to every man that circumcised that he's a debtor to do the whole law. Mm -hmm. Christ has become of none effect to you. Mm Whosoever of you justified by law, you are fallen from grace. Oh, that's, that's, that's serious. Do you wonder why some of us speak a lot about spiritual Babylon? Do you wonder why we speak a lot about it? Why we warn people about it? it because if you embrace some of these doctrines, you forfeit salvation. That's right. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. You can't believe a lie and go to heaven. Man, that's right. At some point, you've got to have a love of the truth, and the truth's got to motivate the person. So, yeah. Satan has created, I think that's the wrong word, Satan has developed mm-hmm. an approach to Christianity that has duped the masses. Yes. It's a lot of entertainment in it. It's a lot of visual things in it. Mm-hmm. Most of the audience sits in the dark. Now it's fashionable to have black walls. And the main thing is the stage. That's the main thing. The auditorium is set up so the stage is the main thing. And the people sit and watch or whatever. Well, this isn't the way things are set up. By the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. This isn't the way the church it was a mutual gathering. That's right. Amen. During the gathering, that's spiritual gifts, that's to be done in the in the assembly. That's what the gifts are for yeah. is the assembly. Amen. So there are some people that were experts mm-hmm. by God's grace in the exposition of Scripture. Mm-hmm. Prop called prophesying. He that prophesies speaks to men under edification, exhortation, and comfort. So that's what a prophet, the, uh, the gift of the prophet, that's what he does in the church. He speaks of edification, exhortation, and comfort. Then the other gifts, all gifts are meant to be functional in the assembly. That's what they are for. Amen. So someone else, they're gifted in song. They can put truth to song. They sing a song. One has a, he sings a song. Another person has a gift of word of wisdom. He may, you may not hear very much from this person, but all of a sudden he he shares a word of wisdom. Some have a word of exhortation. That's what they do. They're gifted in this. Some people can see something. The assembly is a place where they, can, where they can say it. As a Jerusalem that's from above. In Colossians, he warned the Colossians about this. Remember, we're talking about uh, law and grace, Hagar and Sarah, Ishmael and Isaac, (laughs) Mount Sinai and and, uh, Hagar. You think about all these things, but this is what causes you to grow. This is what spiritual growth is, is when you can put all this stuff together and think about it at the same time. You can think a lot faster than you can talk. Yes, amen. amen. And you can edify yourself. You can do it. Remember David when he was he burned up the city where he took the wives of his warriors and took all the food and soldiers got bad, wanted to kill David, you remember that? So it says David strengthened himself in the Lord. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If you haven't had a time like this, you'll have it sometime. When you, you just the only way you're going to strengthen yourself is to just strengthen yourself. Mm -hmm. And he did, and he became encouraged. Well, this is what newness of life brings with it—the ability Mm -hmm. to strengthen yourself in the Lord. If you're John on the Isle of Patmos. Mm -hmm. I don't know if anybody else was with him or not, but it doesn't sound like it when you read the book. Yeah. But God gave him a message that he, he he had to write it. He had to write it in a book. Mm-hmm. Send it to the churches. Mm-hmm. Which means he did a lot of thinking about this because he didn't add his notes in the book. Yeah, that's right. But he did a lot of thinking about this. He built himself up. Yes. Paul's in prison. He didn't have any Anyone helping him there? But he, he wrote, wrote letters. While he's in prison, he wrote letters to the churches. And God made a means for him to deliver them. What was he doing? He encouraged himself Amen. in the Lord. And uh, Paul warned the Colossians about this thing of uh, adding mm-hmm. things to the truth. Is Colossians two sixteen and 17. He says, let no man therefore judge you. Judge you means find something on you. In meat or in drink. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, there are, there are Christian leaders that try and tell people what they can eat. Mm-hmm. There are. Or drink. Or in respect of on Holy Day. Mm-hmm. You know, the Catholic Church has a, a Lenten season. Yeah. In fact, we're in it. It's, it's an, it, this isn't something God gave. Mm-hmm. Right. Whatever you give up for God, you give up for your life, exactly. for your lifetime. Not a holiday or a new moon. Charismatic people promote new moons. Yeah. We just went through six, six moons of mm-hmm. the blood moon and all this, to see this. This is being taught. This kind of stuff is being taught yeah. today. And the Sabbath days? All right, Sabbath Day Adventists promote the Sabbath day. They don't understand that that we have a greater Sabbath. We must believe to enter into rest. There's a different kind of Sabbath. So when you hear the word Sabbath, you think higher. You associate that with the rest you've entered into with Jesus. All of these things, he says... Meat, drink, holy day, new moon, Sabbath day are are a shadow Mm -hmm. of things to come. They're not; they don't sustain you. They don't feed you. They don't illuminate you. They don't enlighten you. You can stand at the foot of a tree and study it for a couple of years, Mm -hmm. and it won't add a millimeter Mm -hmm. to your spiritual stature. Why? It's a shadow. Mm You can't be edified and built up by shadows. You got to have the substance. But the substance, mm-hmm. or body, is of Christ. The yeah. stuff that really works are what God has said through Christ, who passed it to the apostles, who embalmed it in print. That's the thing that sustains you. Man lives by every word of God, not any tradition of men. Yes. Now, Timothy, Paul warned Timothy about this too. See, all this is delineating the the difference between the new and the old. Yeah, that's right. yeah. Now, the Spirit speaks expressly, mm-hmm. not parabolically. Yeah. It says expressly because this is not like a, not like a parable or a yeah. simile. Uh-huh. This isn't like Hagar and Sarah. This is not this type of teaching. Yeah. Now, the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times... Mm-hmm. Some, thank God, not all, yes. some shall depart from the faith, yes. giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Mm-hmm. Uh, now here he does, there, he mentions false teachers and false apostles and false brothers and other epistles, but here he doesn't mention them here. Behind every false teaching are demons. Amen, that's right. They're teachings of demons. Mm-hmm. And you can't outwit a demon, or outwit the devil. Mm-hmm. You're not up to it. Mm-hmm. Speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, it, does, it doesn't bother them that they're wrong. Doesn't bother them at all. Forbidding to marry, all right, to be a priest in the Catholic Church, they forbid it. They forbade people to marry. Priest to marry. So as a result, you have all kind of child molestation. It broke out in the church and even the Pope had to finally do something about it. Okay. Why was that? They forced upon people. Maybe I, I can't help but believe that many of these priests meant well. They really wanted to serve God, but they bound on them something that didn't come from God and when they did, mm-hmm. they They lost to american commanding to abstain from meats mm-hmm. Catholic Church did that for years they lived they lifted it nineteen sixty eight you could eat fish mm-hmm. you know but you couldn't eat meat mm-hmm. they said you couldn't eat meat mm-hmm. God didn't say you couldn't eat meat That's right. huh I heard recently a minister say that you shouldn't eat any fish. any Seafood that's on the bottom of the ocean because God said not to eat that kind of fish. Mm-hmm. I do remember when God let a net down to prepare for Peter to eat and kill and eat, it was all unclean stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He said, I, I never, my whole life, I never eat anything like this. He said, I've cleansed it. I've cleansed it. Mm-hmm. I've cleansed it. And then Paul wrote, some years later, Paul wrote, he said, we know that nothing's unclean of itself. Yeah. All, all meats, you can eat any kind of meat you want. Mm-hmm. they command to abstain from meats which God hath created, why did why did He create meat? To be received with thanksgiving of mm-hmm. them that believe and know the truth. That's why He created meat. Mm-hmm. Then one of the further things on this, Galatians 3, 12, and 13. We're talking about the difference between the law and... Grace, the new covenant, the old covenant. The law is not of faith. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was talking many years ago with Brother Wilbur Fields, he was an expert in the Old Testament writings, and I said, Brother Wilbur, is there any teaching about faith in the, from Genesis through Malachi? Well, he said, no, as a matter of fact, it is that the word's only mentioned twice in the Hebrew. <laughs> mm-hmm. The law is not of faith. That's right. The Ten Commandments didn't have a commandment, said, Thou shalt believe. That's right. right. Amen, huh? The principle of the law was doing. Mm-hmm. Amen. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Mm-hmm. The law is not of faith. Amen. The man that doeth them shall live in them. The law breaks them to live. Well, nobody kept it. Everybody died. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. The soul that sinned it shall die. That's the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us. Jesus was cursed. And He did the law. He did it. Mm -hmm. But our our sins were laid on Him. The sins of humanity had... It amassed an unfathomable debt. Mm-hmm. It had to be paid. Amen. It could not be forgiven, just wiped out. Wiped. It couldn't be. Amen. And He became a curse for us, for it is written "Curses everyone that is hanged on a tree. So God uh, took the debt, paid the entire debt, because no single sin mm-hmm. could be forgiven until sin itself. Amen. Had been buried by Christ, but Christ didn't die for the sins of the world. He died for the sin—that's right, amen, amen. Mm-hmm. The the re, the whole reality of it, yeah. And God be praised for it. Now, brother, um, two things that I'd like to remind you of is to capitalize on this ability of a born-again person to think about a lot of things at one time and to read scripture or hear scripture and then to make the transition to the various things that it awakens not where this particular thing is mentioned there's nothing wrong with that of course but what it awakens everything's connected in scripture everything's connected there's no scripture that's independent from other scripture it's all connected and in your mind god created man with a mind that can explore in in the mind or heart can explore things that can't be explored with the eyes and it is a marvelous uh, marvelous provision